Hi, I'm Leslie Moody, host of the Set Apart Podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today I'm excited to be continuing our series on spiritual lessons from Darlene Dibler. If you haven't caught the first couple episodes of the series, I encourage you to go back and listen to those and also to read her book, Evidence Not Seen. It's one of my very favorites. It's such a powerful testimony. She was a young missionary taken prisoner during the Second World War by the Japanese and just the way that she experienced the faithfulness of God, the protection of God is just astounding and so uplifting and so encouraging. I want to highlight a few aspects of her testimony today. Before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that now is a great time to register for our 2022 Set Apart Conference. We have our lowest prices going on right now with the early bird specials. And so you can go to setapartgirl.com and click on upcoming events to learn more about that. That event is happening in early June. And you can join us in Colorado at our Ellerslie campus or anywhere you are via simulcast. So I'd love to see you there. I'd love to have you participate. Our theme this year is Abiding in Christ. So let's dive into Darlene's story. When she was a prisoner on death row, she had been falsely accused and had been taken prisoner by the Japanese, by the Kempeitai, which was the most feared branch of the Japanese military. They were just known for their cruelty. And they, they executed so many people just with not really any kind of a trial. Just when they heard they might be a spy, they just would immediately execute them. And they had already decided she was going to die. She was in this cell. She was wasting away from disease. She was only fed two thirds cups of maggot infested rice every day. She had malaria. She had beriberi. She had dysentery. And God actually healed her supernaturally in prison from those things, which is incredible. But she was very weak. She was suffering tremendously. And every few days they would take her to an interrogation room and beat her and try to get her to confess things that she had never done. One thing that she highlights in her book that just spoke so much to me is that she didn't look at her prison cell as something she was trying to fight against. She said, iron bars do not imprison me. She looked at that prison cell as a place to experience the presence of God. She called it her sanctuary. And what an incredible testimony to think of, you know, the place that most of us would least want to be is confined in a, in a horrible prison cell, awaiting our death, wasting away from disease and starving. And yet she said it was a beautiful experience because of the intimacy, the fellowship that she had with Jesus Christ. It, it truly became a sanctuary to her. And you can see a little bit of this in Paul's writings when he talks about the fellowship of the suffering of Christ, he says in Philippians 3.10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. There's something so precious when we're going through a time of suffering, which is that nearness of Jesus to us. It's this intimacy of fellowship that we have with him because he suffered more than we could ever possibly imagine, especially when our suffering is for his sake, for his glory, because we're experiencing just a little taste of what he experienced for us. It says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I love that promise. He is close to us when we are brokenhearted. He is not distant from us. But when we are walking through something hard and difficult, that is when he draws even more near. And here's that quote from Darlene Dibler that I mentioned in a previous episode, but it was so powerful in this context. She said, when I took my eyes off the circumstances that were overwhelming me over which I had no control and looked up, my Lord was there. Deep in my heart, he whispered, I'm here. Even when you can't see me, I'm here. Never for a moment are you out of my sight. 
And one of the things that I found so true in my own life is that when we're walking through something hard, it is such an amazing gift to welcome the sweet presence of Jesus into our life to walk through those things with us. It's an amazing privilege to share in the fellowship of his suffering. And that's how Darlene looked at her prison cell. So when you're going through something hard, instead of pushing him away, welcome his nearness. And so many Christians throughout the years have testified that Christ's presence is so rich and sweet that even a prison cell can become a sanctuary, which is truly a miracle of God. I remember walking through a time in my life where I was going through a trial that I didn't feel like very many people could relate to, and I felt really alone, and I wished I just had someone that could relate to my struggle that I could talk to about it, and that's when I discovered the beauty of what I call the secret place. It's not something I made up. I found it in scripture, but it's something I refer to a lot is going to meet Christ in the secret place. There is that intimacy, that place of closeness to him where other people really may not understand what we're going through, but he does. And we can always meet him there in the secret place. Amy Carmichael, another missionary that I love and quote all the time, wrote something in one of her books that really encouraged me along these lines. She said, I am dispirited. I cannot speak to anyone of the cause. It is private. And wow, I can relate to that so much because I was going through a struggle that I didn't feel like other people could understand. A lot of my struggles were private. I couldn't share them with other people. And God's answer back to her was this. I heard thee in the secret place of the storm, in the secret place among the unspoken things. There I am. And that was just a powerful reminder to me. It's, it's that reflection of Psalm 91.1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It is an incredible joy and privilege to meet him in the secret place, that private place in the soul where only he can comfort and only he can understand. And even when nobody else in the world can offer anything helpful to us, he knows, he hears, he meets us there in that beautiful secret place. He is the all-sufficient one. He is the God of all comfort. His help is Far, far superior than the help of men. When we feel alone, when our struggles are too private to share with others, when we're cut off from all human help, as Darlene experienced, he is waiting to meet us there in the secret place. So if God takes you through a time of loneliness or isolation, remember that you really are never alone. Jacob DeShazer was another Christian who was in prison during the Second World War. He actually became a Christian in prison. He was a part of the U.S. military, and he was taken prisoner by the Japanese. And he was treated horribly in prison, but somehow, some way, somebody got him a Bible and he read it cover to cover and he gave his life to Christ and suddenly his prison cell became a gift. It became a sanctuary. It became a place he didn't want to leave because he was growing closer to Jesus Christ as he read that Bible and just communed with him in that secret place in that prison cell. And of course, you've heard me tell the story of the, the man who was in prison for his faith in China, who was put into solitary confinement for a year, who said it was like a honeymoon with Jesus to spend that time with him, which is just an astounding thought. So don't let a season of loneliness or pain go to waste. Let it draw you deeper into that place of precious intimacy with Christ, the fellowship of his suffering. Another principle that we see in Darlene's life is the amazing grace of God. She talked about going through these interrogation experiences where the Kempeitai would beat her and she never even shed a tear in their presence. She was strong and it was the grace of God because she was getting thinner and thinner and she, I think she weighed like 60 or 70 pounds at this point. She was wasting away, starving to death. And then she would have to go through these horrible interrogation sessions and yet the grace of God was upon her and she would tell God, you know, I cannot go through another and he would pour out his grace upon her and she would know that she could go through another 
however many he wanted her to go through because of his enabling grace. As we've said many times on this podcast, grace is so much more than the than the hug of God. It's the enabling power of Christ working in us to live the life in and through us that we can never live on our own. As all as Oswald Chambers says, when we deliberately choose to obey God, he will tax the remotest star and the last grain of sand to assist us with all his almighty power. It truly is humanly impossible for a sickly starving woman who weighed 60 pounds to endure that kind of suffering as a good soldier for Christ. That was what she wanted to be, was a good soldier for Christ. But with the grace of God, nothing is impossible. Again, that enabling power of God to do what we can never do in our own strength. A lot of times when we imagine going through trials and suffering for for our faith, being put into prison, being questioned for our faith, being interrogated like that, we so often fail to look at those things through the lens of God's grace. His enabling grace can cause us to triumph when all others collapse. When Paul was a prisoner in a Roman cell, he exhorted the church with these words, stand firm without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. And he also wrote these words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He had learned the secret of being content, peaceful, secure, and courageous in any situation through the enabling grace of God. Corrie ten Boom writes about something she called the ticket of God's grace. She tells a story in her book, The Hiding Place, from her childhood, where her dad, her father, was talking to her about how to go through suffering for Christ. Corrie, he said, when you and I go to Amsterdam, when do I give you your ticket? She said, why, just before we get on the train. Exactly. And our wise father in heaven knows when we are going to need things too. Don't run ahead of him, Corey. When the time comes that some of us will have to die, you will look into your heart and find the strength you need just in time. And that was a lesson that stayed with her all the way through her adulthood when she was in a concentration camp and she lost her sister and several other family members. She experienced that enabling grace of God, even though it was difficult, it was not impossible to walk through. And later she wrote this, it is not my ability, but my response to God's ability that counts. So next time you face a moment when you're tempted to say, I can't go on, I can't handle this, I can't do this, instead of giving into those thoughts and letting them become your reality, ask God for that ticket of his grace. It is there right at the moment that you need it. It is sufficient no matter what you may be facing. In one of Darlene Dibler's messages, she said, you can do things you never thought you could with God's help. And here's something that Amy Carmichael wrote in one of her books where she said, I can no longer. And God's response was, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Is tribulation a new thing to any child of mine? Should you expect to be without pressure, battering, toil, and tears? All my servants had these things in abundant measure. Look around and you will see their footsteps in the dust of the road. But they had strong consolation and so have you. Happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And then another time she wrote this, my enemies live and are mighty, yet I've requested that they should not triumph over me, but I have come to the end of my resources. And then God's response was this, have you come to the end of my resources? Is your father's hand shortened? Do you not know whom you have believed? Know your Lord and your heart shall find rest in him. Your enemies shall not triumph over you or those whom I have given you. 
I'd like to finish this episode with a poem about God's grace, because if you read Darlene's story, you see this principle of grace upon grace. No matter what she was called to walk through, God's grace was always there, supporting her, holding her up, causing her to be able to live out the impossible life that he was calling her to. And this was a poem by Annie J. Flint that she quoted many times throughout her missionary life and quoted in her book. And it was written by a woman who was, was, I think, wasting away from a debilitating disease. But this is what she wrote. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed, ere the day is half done. When we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving has only begun. Fear not that thy need shall exceed his provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm, everlasting availing. The Father both thee and thy load will it bear. His love has no limits, his grace has no measure, his power no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus he giveth and giveth and giveth again. I hope you'll take those words to heart, no matter what you might be walking through or facing right now, even when other people don't understand, even when you feel like it's more than you can handle. Don't underestimate the incredible blessing of his presence, his nearness, and his incredible enabling grace. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to live a life centered around Jesus Christ, please see the many resources that we have for you at setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.